Hi, it's Gabby Reese, and this podcast is powered by Laird Superfood. It was created in our kitchen by my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, and it all started with a simple idea. What began as Laird's secret for long-lasting energy on the waves is now Laird Superfood, offering a full range of delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and more. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 and save 20% on your first order. My days working and taking care of my little ones can be a lot. I checked out care.com and it was so easy for me to find local, experienced, and background check sitters. Finding our babysitter was way more affordable than I thought. Care.com makes it super easy. Search for qualified candidates. You can view their profiles, read reviews and ratings, check their availability, send messages directly, get the help that you need. Care.com should be every person's go-to. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head & Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. Welcome to Car Stuff, a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. Hello and welcome to Car Stuff. I'm Scott Benjamin. I am Ben Bolin. And I am Kurt Guerin. Hey, that's that's all three of us. Yeah. That's, that's everyone in the room. We've taken roll call. Uh, now, as long as everybody else is out there, yeah. then we're good, right? Yeah, and uh, I, I don't know about you guys, but it, it feels like we're all in a pretty good mood today. We spent, uh, we spent a few minutes just shooting the breeze about today's episode before we eventually said, I think Kurt had to get us in line and say, hey, guys, maybe we should, we should yeah. just record it. Yeah, yeah that's record, the way it goes. Finally. Just do the show. So this is... I, I've got a, I've got an announcement before we get started. Ooh. This short thing. All right. All right. I don't know how you guys are going to take this, but I, for years, I have been driving one iteration of a Monte Carlo or another, and all of all of our longtime listeners, you guys have been with, you guys have heard my trials and travails with that, with that car, and you know what it's like when you own a car for a long time. You, you know its idiosyncrasies. You get used to not having a car payment, which is beautiful. Uh, and eventually, I, I had to give up the ghost, man. I still have my Monte Carlo, but I bought a new car. A you new did. to me. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Fantastic. It's a, it's a, it's a 99 Monte Carlo. No, I'm yeah. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> what, what'd you get? What'd you get? I got a uh, 2017 Ford Escape because I got a great deal on it. 2017 Ford. Okay, it's very good. It's the newest car I've ever driven. And I'm actually taking possession of it. Like all, all the deal stuff is done. I'm taking possession of it tomorrow as we're recording. Congratulations. Well, let's, let's hope, man. It's, I still have the Monte Carlo though. It's, you know, I won't be able to sell it for anything. Yeah. To be I, honest. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. Well, maybe your dad will take it. He takes, he takes on projects like this, right? Yeah, maybe, maybe right. he will. Well, I, you know, I'm, I'm, Right, just a couple of quick questions, if you don't mind. I know okay. we have to jump into this Shoot. topic, yeah, but just yeah. a couple. All right, so how did you find it? Is it something you're buying from a dealer? You're buying it from a friend? You're buying it from, you know, just Craigslist? What? Where does it come from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm buying it used uh, with, I, I found it with the help of a uh, a third party, mm -hmm. but the, the purchase itself is direct, and so I've checked out the car and 
I'm I, literally tomorrow. All I'm doing is like taking possession of it. What color is the car? It's black. Black. Okay. Black on the outside, and it's you know that's another thing with the cars. I was a little worried getting 2017 model because the color is kind of the last thing I care about. Yeah. I want an engine that works. This yeah. has this has 60k on it, but I got a good deal on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was just very happy that I didn't get stuck with, you know, like a cornflower yellow or they have all these fancy car paint names, like, you know, uh, absent minded vermilion or whatever. <laughs> I, I don't get it, but yeah, I got just a regular black Ford escape cause I got to do some hauling. I got some road trips ahead of me. Yeah. And so I, I, uh, I wanted to get, uh, just a little beater pickup truck, but like we talked about before, we're talking about the Ranger, it's tough to get the the kind of pickup truck I would want. You mm-hmm. know, no disrespect to an F-150, but I don't need something like that. I want sure. like a little manual transmission, two-seater. You got to navigate seat. that parking lot, which, oh, yeah. is, uh, which is already yeah, yeah. difficult enough. And, you know, that's funny. I, I mean... I don't know why I asked the color. I mean, that, that's the last thing that you should be, con, you know, concerned with. Really. Yes, yeah, yeah. Probably just so I could prank you in the parking lot if I see it out there. <laughs> right. <laughs> Do something. Well, this this made me start thinking because I actually went through some of the old research that we had done on the ins and outs of buying a car, what you should know and what you should avoid, what you should look for, et cetera. Yeah, confusing as hell. Yeah, well, and a lot of people here in the audience today have war stories, and one of the things that we had said in the past that I think maybe some people uh, weren't on board with was that I, like you, and I don't know about you, Kurt, we'll see if you're on board with this, I am very much against uh, buying a, a, a brand new car. Oh, yeah. I just, I, it's just not for me. I know it's for some people, but it's not for me. Oh, what about you, Kurt? I'm not completely against it. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you buy a new car and it's going to last you for maybe four or five years. I mean, depending on how much you drive, but four right. or five years, trouble-free, maybe more. Mm. I mean, you can get 200,000 miles on pretty much any car nowadays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm not totally against it. So you see some I'll, security in it. Yeah. If you get used to making the car payment. Every month, it's not too big of a deal. That's the one thing. Uh, that's the one thing because I did get it like through a third party, so I do have a have a car note again. Yeah, and it's sure just mm. yeah, that's tough to hit stomach. But you know what? You've got that reliability. You've got uh, you know the the uh, the solid feel again of a car underneath you because I know what it's like to go from an older vehicle to a newer vehicle, and I'm back to the position now. By the way, where mine is feeling older. You know, it's a little mm. more sloppy. It's not quite as tight really? as it was. Yeah, it's just it's tough to explain unless you're in the seat experiencing mm-hmm. it. But a new car just has that correct feeling, that right feeling to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, something new to you. I mean, going, you're going from what year? Uh, 2004? You, you yeah, say? yeah, yeah. Two th- uh, actually, 2000, uh, 2006. 2006. You're going from a 2006 so almost, to a, a 2017. Yeah, almost 10 years yeah, into with, the future. Uh, many, many less miles on it, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> yes, it's probably true. It's probably just a more solid feeling vehicle underneath you. It's going to be nice. I'm, I'm excited. Excited about hearing about whatever you intend to do with this. Thing, I mean, you know, honestly, guys, the fact that it might start every time that I wanted to start <laughs> is blowing me away. You know, but I, I bring this up. I bring this up. I know there's a very long tangent, but I bring this up because it had me thinking about new cars, and you know how it is. Whenever you're going to buy an automobile, I can't speak for everyone, but for me, a good. of my time overall is just window shopping through one format or another. And of that 70%, 
I would say easily 20 to 30% of that is me taking deep dives into, into cars that I will probably never buy. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I one time saw a 93 Rolls Royce that had an ungodly number of miles and was just like barely affordable to the point where I thought maybe it was an estate sale from like a, a criminal in the Atlanta area or something. Because it, it was not a pretty vehicle. It, it had been road rough. But one of the things that the three of us have been talking about for a little while now, off air in different conversations, is the idea of getting the classic car. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's why today's episode is about the Chevy Corvette. Oh, yes. And this is a car that we've talked about a few times in the past, of course. I have to bring this up. And, you know, I'm, I, I think we've talked about Corvettes many, many times, so I'll just leave it at this. We've, you, would you we've, say we're veterans? Uh, I, would, I would say God, we're veterans. Mm. Core <laughs> veterans, excuse me. Oh, gotcha. Okay. All right, I'm done. No, we are, we've talked about for sure in full episodes. I know we've talked about the, uh, you remember the old VH1 Corvette giveaway that they did? Oh, yeah. We had a yeah, full yeah. episode on that. Because, I remember that. Remember, someone discovered them years later after an artist had owned them and, and left them abandoned in a parking lot. You know, he had painted some of them. There's a travesty. It was really a mess. I think I think there's some work underway to restore that full collection now, by the way. Wow. But anyways, that was uh, like 36 Corvettes that were given to one winner back in 1989. If you have interest in that, you know, check out the Car Stuff archives. The other one uh, that we that I know for sure we did about Corvette was the uh, the, the switch over to, to the C7 model, which is the 2014 model. I think mm-hmm. it's 2014 model year. We did it in 2013, uh, you know, just ahead of time. And uh, and that's kind of something similar to what we're doing now, only uh, now we're going to be talking about a completely different animal, right? This is something that people have been uh, been talking about really, I mean, if you want to really get down to it here, I guess people have been talking about this for 51 years at this <laughs> point. And yeah. finally, finally people are getting, you know, the Corvette, uh, not everybody, but pe- some people are getting the Corvette that they've been asking for that entire time. Pretty exciting. Forward with the future, right? The Corvette is already the 2020 motor trend car of the year. Mm-hmm. It's We're not done with January. Yeah. And you know what? We are... I, I, I checked into this. Yeah. We're about three... This is just bad timing on our part, I suppose. But, I mean, this happens, right? <laughs> All right. As, as of the recording of this episode, and I know this will change by the time the episode airs, mm-hmm. but it is in the running... Uh, it's in the top three for the North America car of the year as well. That's and Corvette right. has won in the past. You know, there have been, I think, at least two other years when Corvette has won. I, b- I believe back in the year that we talked about it, in 2014, 2013, uh, that one did win the North America Car of the Year. Uh, mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it's not unheard of that this one might be the Car of the Year by the time this episode airs. But this 2020 Corvette is really something to behold. I mean, it's a, it's a to me, I think it's a beautiful car. I, I really like it. I mean, we can each talk about it, you know, what we think about it, I suppose. If you think it adheres or it it, uh, it holds to Corvette's, you know, lasting image, I guess, the, uh, you know, the historic image of the Corvette and what we see as a Corvette. Um, I think a lot of people have felt that it, it so dramatically deviates from that that, you know, it doesn't hold true for the purists. You know, the, the people want to see the long front end, uh, you know, the rear wheel drive, of course, but you're, you're kind of slung way back in the, uh, in the chassis. And those beat up seats. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know what I mean? It's, uh, it's, it's just a different, um, a, a different, looking car all around. I mean, the silhouette is completely different than it was before, and I don't think that's a bad thing. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. 
Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials, and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest Toothpaste, Secret Deodorant, Old Spice Deodorant, or Gillette Razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. Upgrade your home now at Blinds.com's anniversary sale. And celebrate savings up to 50% off premium window treatments for years to come. Shop for your house from the comfort of home for modern Roman and woven wood shades, shutters, motorized options, and more. 100% online. Blinds.com invented the better way to shop. No salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. You can do the measuring and installation yourself or have Blinds.com handle it. Unlimited windows for just one low cost. Our design experts can help you select the perfect styles to fit your home and your budget. Totally free. We'll even send you samples fast and free. At Blinds.com, you get upfront pricing with no hidden fees, free shipping, plus our 100% satisfaction guarantee. So raise a toast. To Blinds.com and make this an anniversary sale to remember. Shop Blinds.com's anniversary sale happening right now for up to 50% off. Save up to 50% at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. We break open modern-day conspiracies and tell you which elements may be the real deal. Like, did Bill Gates use COVID vaccines to microchip us all? We all do have tracking devices. Mm -hmm. We carry them around. We spend a lot of money on them. And what's actually on Hunter Biden's laptop? You are talking to the guy that has three of Hunter Biden's laptops and cell phone. And what did the deep state build under Denver airport? Do you think there are secret bunkers? That's just on my list of questions I have about Jesse Ventura. It's our mission to get to the heart of these conspiracy theories and figure out the why, the how, and especially the if. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This new Corvette kind of reminds me of the spirit behind the original in the way that it wanted to be kind of like this new thing, this innovative thing that mm-hmm. other companies looked at and said, whoa, we want to we wanna make a car like that. This particular car may start a trend with companies looking to make kind of a low-cost supercar or at least a, sure. a, lot of, a lot of new people can get into. It's kind of a neat concept. Mm-hmm. Low-cost, he just said it. That's one of the key points here that we want to talk about today, and I I, I don't know if we want to jump into this right now or maybe we can wait. You, you tell me. Well, guys. we can We're, do it later, but low-cost doesn't mean lacking in features and performance right. and Absolutely. design standards and all that. I mean, it's a great-looking car. And yeah. I would also say low-cost is a comparative statement. True. At <laughs> all times. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know what? I... Every time, new, used, whatever, right? Uh, right. I, I feel uh, you have to uh, um, categorize that even if you're talking about buying a new pair of socks or something. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so it, we're both notoriously cheap with stuff like that. So right. That's, that's right. the problem. So what about, um, what, what about this? What if we talk a little bit about the, before we get to the price, before we get to brass tacks, mm-hmm. uh, what if we talk a little bit about just some of the specs, uh, a little bit about how this came out, because one thing listeners need to know, uh, and people who have already pre-ordered a Corvette are very well aware of this, uh, production on the vehicle actually got pushed back to January, 
right? The maybe orig- even a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Maybe I later. Got a, I got a little bit of inside info just oh, uh, wow. just uh, garnered yesterday. Wow. I can tell you about it. You want me to tell you about it right now? Yeah, why, why yeah, not? yeah, yeah. Let's see. I went, uh, I went online uh-huh. and I uh, went to Corvette. Uh, I got it because it'd be Chevy.com or Corvette.com, wherever yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. But I ended up uh, chatting with the uh, Corvette person on the other end. You know, it says you want to chat with GM about the new Corvette. And I said, oh, why not? I've got some questions. Yeah. I'll, I'll just do this. Yeah. So I go on there and I, you know, of course, I guess I had to pretend that I'm really interested in buying one of these and so that I could get, you know, some realistic answers, right? Yeah. And I just said, you know, I'm really interested in the new Corvette, which I am. A lot of this is not made up. I guess the fact that I was, you know, want to buy one. I, I do want to buy one. I don't know if I will. Um, <laughs> right. But, but I uh, pretended to be a, a, an interested party, and uh, I talked to someone on the other end or chatted with someone named Carrie. Now, who knows if Carrie's a real person or not, but because sure. of robots. But the answers were very real, so <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll leave it with that. Very human answers, but I said that I'm, I'm, you know, interested in the 2020 Corvette and the uh, and the production schedule. You know, when they plan to begin production, because I'd heard that the same thing as you that the strike had pushed production back. The UAW strike, yeah. Yeah, it was, a, it was like the longest strike in, what, like 50 years or something like that? It was a long strike. Ended finally the end of October of last year, and uh, really, it really bumped back production on this brand new vehicle, which is something GM didn't need at this time, of course. And in fact, you know what, I'll tell you this right now. I found a number about this uh, strike. It said that, uh, you know, due to the, uh, the extent of it, how long this thing lasted, GM as a company lost $2 billion in production wow. uh, during that strike. And you might think, well, okay, the, the workers really showed them who's boss. You know, they got, uh, they got what, everything they wanted. Well, it turns out they didn't necessarily come out much better either. Uh, they got a couple of um, benefits, I guess, to this whole thing. You know, they, they didn't exactly win. It wasn't a big win. They also ended up losing a billion dollars in wages during that time. So kind of a, a lose-lose for both parties and Involved, but I think they were just happy when it was over. An unfortunate ends. timing for yeah. Corvette as well. So I so I asked when you know when does this uh, when is this Corvette production scheduled to begin? Because I thought it was January. Yeah. But it looks like it's going to begin in February or mid February, and I think they're started to begin maybe early. So could also be pushed back to early second quarter. So it could go as late as that. Um, they said that production startup. Uh, from that time all the way till when you'll see the cars on dealer lots is going to be approximately six to eight weeks. But, you know, of course, that time can vary. And they're going to launch, I think, with the coupe, and then they're going to begin the convertible production just after that. So mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be a little while before you see them on dealer lots because I've been really anxious to go and check one out on a dealer uh, dealer property just to go see one. I know that can be a little awkward for some people to go into a dealer and, you know, have to kind of play the game and, you know, act interested or, you know, they might know that you're just there to kind of kick the tires, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah. uh, it's fun either way. I like doing that. And I did get a, another couple of answers too. I was looking for specific information if they were going to continue some of the uh, the trends of the past, some of the things that they had done at the Bowling Green Assembly Plant in Kentucky, mm-hmm. where they allow you to come in and take a factory tour, watch your car, your specific car being built and, you know, final assembly, and then you get to drive it away, that kind of thing, photo op, all that. And uh, they said that, uh, unfortunately, right now, and I think this might be because of the strike, they are not going to allow that, at least for the foreseeable future. They might change that in the near future, but uh, as of right now, no factory tours, no factory, you know, assembly experience. You know, you can't go help build the engine or any of that stuff. Uh, <laughs> right. Like you could in the past with some models. So, yeah. I don't know, just to... Just it was, it was kind of interesting to get to talk to the Corvette concierge for a bit and uh, and get the straight scoop on things. And it's a, it's a great tool to use if you ever want to do something like mm-hmm. that for any vehicle. There's plenty of answers out there for everyone. 
Now, did you go into any nuts and bolts under the hood stuff? I did not, and that's that's what uh, I think you're probably going to be able to uh, to shine some light on here because I don't have a whole lot of facts and figures on this other than just the standard quick stuff, you know, like the stuff that everybody reads in the, uh, you know, the first three or four bullet points of the story. Right, yeah, right, yeah. right. Stuff like, of course, it's zero to 60 in 2.8. That's, Super fast. That's what I, I, I think that's one of the most important stats that people want to know. Mm-hmm. I feel like it is. That's a, that's so quick. I mean, that's a, this is a big car. It's it's you know long, low, and wide. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a big vehicle. Two point eight seconds. That's uh, that's going to feel awful fast, like like rocket sled fast. And a lot of the uh, so there are three there are three different iterations you can get different builds mm-hmm. right that they have listed and. One thing that I thought was interesting was that the the initial build, the one LT or the you know the lower end, yeah. the emphasis really uh, from Chevy's side is on how light that that vehicle is. I like it. They know that there is a huge demographic of people who are Corvette fans who are probably probably even grew up around them and then later bought their own. Who were very excited about this. But they're excited for the old school kind of Corvette, which was relatively few frills, and it was about being able to drive like a bat out of heck. Since we're a family show, <laughs> what's interesting about the uh, zero to sixty number is that it's—I mean, I don't think it was the base model. It was maybe had like sports package or something, right, but yeah. it's not like a ZR1 or anything. It's a fairly entry-level car. You can up this. Now, I, we're going to go through uh, some of the, uh, the the upgrades and, you know, what you can do and the pricing and all that in just a minute. But and if you go up it. one step, there's something called the Z51 package, and that is the performance package. It costs a lot more. Mm. Yeah. We'll talk about what that gets you, I guess, in, in the end. But here's the other thing. You said there are three versions of this, right? So you get to the top version. There's the one L, the one LT, right? Yeah. There's the, the two the, LT. The Stingray trims. I'm yeah. sorry, LT one and LT two. I'm mistakenly uh, had them transposed, but yeah. So the, there's trim options, but then there's the LT three also, right? Yeah. Which gives you even more of the same, really. The engine stays the same. The engine stays the same yeah. throughout, and they're uh, uh, that higher package, that higher trim package. It's more on, oddly enough. Of course, it has everything from the first two package builds, but then it it has this emphasis on making the interior of the Corvette nicer, which aren't the Corvettes uh, traditionally, aren't they known for not having the best interior? You're not... Well, yeah. I mean, uh, yes and no. I think they've really tried to improve that in the past, right? I mean, but yeah, I customers that, want it, I'm sure. It, yeah. So it's like... Don't you feel like there's a lot of older buyers to the, of this vehicle because it's gonna it's getting Both. up there in price. It's Both. gonna be a lot of yeah. people that oh, are yeah. they're older. They're gonna want a few more comforts. It's gonna be yeah. you know something. But but at the same time, they want that you know that killer performance. And and I, why I got kind of animated over here when you started talking about this is because yeah. you're talking about how it's lightweight and it's sort of a, a no frills version. If you go with the base version that they you know are throwing out there for what fifty nine nine ninety five, so yeah, it's under just 60. under sixty, right? Mm-hmm. So, Again, comparatively. Inexpensive. Yeah, when you're talking about a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollars, yeah, yeah, very, yeah, very absolutely. inexpensive. Oh, absolutely. When you when you compare it against what it what it can compete against, but when you go from the uh, the LT1 to the LT3, this is what I found really remarkable. You're talking about just a fraction of a second difference in zero to sixty time. In fact, the performance package when you start adding the spoilers and some of the other accessories, yeah, 
it's a tiny bit slower than the base version of the same vehicle that you pay less mm. for. But you get all the, you know, the appearance packages and, you know, all the the, the benefits of, like, cooling and braking and all that other stuff that we'll, we'll talk about. But um, And if you go up to the LT3, I think between LT, LT1 and LT3, um, you're talking about just, again, like a tenth of a second from zero to 60 faster for, you know, the top version versus the lowest version, which is not going to be really felt a whole lot. I mean, we are talking about 2.8 seconds. That's quick. Um, but they have the exact same quarter mile speed. So it's not like you're really gaining any top speed or anything like that. So if you're going just just purely for speed in this car and you don't really care about, uh, <laughs> you don't care about the handling characteristics of it because that's added in later with sure. different, you know, performance. Well, we'll talk about them. There, there's a really yeah. interesting uh, chassis work going on here too. Mm. But if you just want a flat-out fast car for the price that they're offering, which not a lot of people are going to buy, you can still get that for that for that base price. It can it's something that's definitely accessible, which I thought was pretty exciting. You know, for sure, not very often that you know the performance is matched so closely between the lo- the low end vehicle and the top end vehicle. That's a good point. You know, and I think it's it's also pretty well thought out the way that the, you can tell Chevy was. Chevy probably spent some intense research time figuring out which customers would want what because I I think maybe I'm a little more optimistic. I think there there's a ton of people out there who will say a car like this for 60 grand, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and true maybe some of those people will say, well, the kids are finally away at college, right? And now I've got a little more time and uh, a little more capital to play around with. Yeah. You know, so uh, I, I can see so many kitchen table conversations where some family is like, all right, uh, the kids are gone. Or maybe I just retired. And years ago, you promised that I could get whatever car I wanted after that. You know what I mean? Like, no, I, I could see that happening. For sure, yeah. And, you know, at 60000 might be kind of your upper limit, too. You might have, you know, wanted a sedan that was going to be 55000 anyway, or 50000 Yeah. And uh, this is a bump up, sure, and it's a sports car versus sedan, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's a lot of considerations to to, to make, and you know, some concessions to make as well. Sure. Uh, you know, if you're moving to a sports car from, you know, a family vehicle. But uh, still, you're right. It could be a, a very exciting move for somebody for a relatively low entry price that gets you right in the uh, in the performance bracket with other supercars. So as, as Kurt yeah. said earlier, you know, this is something, uh, this is a remarkable vehicle, really. I mean, when you when you really, if you go online, you really look at what they've included in this package and, and included in this deal and, and the, re, the, uh, the redesign that's been done because every single part of this car has been gone over. It's all new. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they've got some, uh, this is like a, it's got to be a marketing thing. They say there's one carryover part from the previous model uh, model Corvette. <laughs> no one knows what the one part is, and I feel like it's just one of those things that, you know, is meant to garner attention. Yeah. You know, that's, uh, that's just something that people love to say, and I, if to me, this is an all-new car, really. And then that doesn't make it a bad thing. I, I saw the same thing you're talking about with the one component being carried over, but <laughs> yeah. I also wasn't able to nail down what it was exactly. No, I don't think anyone ever will, probably, unless, you know, someone leaks at the top, and maybe that'll be, you know, later, like, oh, it's this emblem, or whatever <laughs> it is, you know, this lug nut. It's the carpet. The carpet's the same <laughs> yeah. material. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, the carpet, yeah. That's it, right. really, it really does, though. Doesn't it feel like there was some meeting where there was a brilliant engineer describing this, and they said one that one throwaway line 
And then somebody in their sales or marketing was like, I remember that one sentence. And someone said, oh, really? What specific component was it? And they're like, I just remember that part of the sentence. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I can't tell you. But, uh, I tell you, but yeah. people will love it. Yeah. Cut yeah. and print. <laughs> but, but yeah, so it's, it is true. And I think for that reason, you know, Motor Trend does their research. I know that they're not perfect. But I think that affordability to get into that supercar kind of bracket, I think that is one of the primary factors making this the Motor Trend car of the year. They've had some weird choices in the past, and then sometimes they've chosen things because of what they see as the the future potential of it instead of what it's actually done. So like the Tesla Model S, for instance, was the 2013 car of the year, mm-hmm. right? And Tesla, again, has no shortage of criticism, right? Sure. And, and honestly, rightly so in some degrees. But I see the logic of Motor Trend going toward this. And honestly, I spent some time looking at one. And I thought, well, 60 grand, that's... <laughs> That is a lot of money. <laughs> it's a lot different than an escape, though. It is. Yeah. It is. <laughs> it is. But, I mean, I, um, you know, I, I love road trips, and I would love to have a car that I could take out on a track. Oh, yeah. A Ford Escape uh, is not that. No, not necessarily. <laughs> might require some modification. Yeah, we might have to mod it a little. Yeah, just a little. Yeah, yeah I would say so. You know what, there's, a, there's just a, there's a ton of exciting things about this car. I, I tell you what, I'm going to go ahead and list off a few more of these specs that I have, and then we'll jump into a few other things that I found interesting along the way, and maybe we can kind of branch off from there if you want. How For about sure, that? yeah. Right, so uh, another couple things that, uh, that that people should know about this vehicle, if they don't already, is that um, there are 12, well, here we go with colors again. There are 12 colors to choose from. However, you can pay for additional four colors that are an upcharge. So they kind of make it a little specialty. But these are colors probably that tested very high in their focus groups or whatever. Those are going to be the ones that you pay a premium for. But I think it's on the order of something like, you know, 500 extra bucks for something like that. And that's been the way that Corvette has done in the past. I know there have been different colors of red that are, you know, sought after that they then say this is our premium color and you have to pay extra if you're going to order a brand new vehicle. So colors, again, probably... Yeah, well, if you're going to order a new car, it's pretty important, I guess, right? Yeah. Yeah, Definitely. sure, why not? You have three seat options. They make a big deal about the seats in this car, and the seats uh, do cost. You know, that you get different versions in different packages that you order, of course. If you go online, you could find all that. But people are talking a lot about the seats in this vehicle, as they always do. You like this, the stitching and the, the comfort and just the appearance of them and everything and the color leather that you use and, you know, the inserts and all that. I mean, it's it's always a big deal when they talk about seats in a, in a oh, yeah. sports car. Yeah, yeah. They all look like fantastic choices to me. Even the base seat looks like it's mm-hmm. an incredible seat. I, I would love to get some uh, seat time uh, <laughs> as GM listening. But um, <laughs> it would be a lot of fun to drive one of these, even even with a base seat, I can tell you that. But maybe maybe people's last last uh, last option they choose. Maybe. Uh, magnetic ride control. That's okay. That's one that we had talked about uh, being in this uh, Z51 package. Now, mm-hmm. the Z51 advantage is really, if you do want to go up to that package, which does bump you up to the LT2 package as well, uh, it's not the speed. Um, you're, again, we talked about that, how it's, you know, really similar to the base model in speed as far as, you know, 0 to 60 and in quarter mile speed. Uh, what you are getting for the Z51 package, though, is this magnetic ride control, and you're also getting upgraded brakes and cooling, as I mentioned earlier. The Z51 package, however, is a $5,000 upgrade, plus 
you have to pay $1,850 on top of that $5,000 upgrade in order to get the magnetic ride control. So uh, if that makes sense, you have to kind of bump up to the Z51 package and then also opt to get the magnetic ride control. I see. So it becomes essentially a nearly $7,000 option if you look at it that way. You know what I mean. I mean, you have to you have one on top of the other. You have to kind of combine these numbers to get it. So mm-hmm. uh, kind of an expensive upgrade. They have things like, you know, as you would expect, you can get better speaker systems. You can get a 14-speaker sound system. I don't know where you're going to put 14 speakers yeah. in that in that cockpit anyway. But I think um, they get progressively smaller. <laughs> yeah, I think so, too. <laughs> but they said that, you know, most people are happy with 10. Well, no kidding. They're probably happy with 10. I mean, and that's the base. And, and likewise, you know, I, there's probably a lot of people that will never turn the radio on in that car. I mean, I would think. Yeah. You know, you're going to have the windows down, listening to the engine the whole time. You know, that's, sure. that's probably the way most people drive it all the time. And it does have some kind of cool things, too. It has a big display, you know, a, a heads-up. I'm sorry. They, well, they do have a heads-up display, but they, you know, just the driver information display, the one that's behind the steering wheel. Yeah, the touchscreen's like behind and to the right. Well, yeah. The, oh, that's a different one I'm talking about. They yeah, which big, one are you talking about? Well, they have a big 12-inch display that has, you know, the tack and, you know, the oh, uh, yeah, yeah, um, yes, accelerometer yes. displays yeah, yeah. and all that. You know, some really fancy stuff behind there. And then they do have uh, the nav system that you're talking that's about. That's the, the one I'm uh, talking about, yeah. Yeah, the infotainment thing, yeah. right? Yeah, so yeah. that's like a, a pretty big screen. It's like an 8-inch HD screen that is standard in every vehicle, so you can even, again, you can get the base model and still get the standard HD 8-inch uh, you know, uh, infotainment screen, which is exactly the same one that you're going to get in the 3LT version, although you know, it's going to have more features and options available to you at that point. And one last thing that I, I feel like I'm, I'm just listing off a bunch of crap here now, but have you seen that uh, that array of buttons or that that lineup of buttons that's on the side of the driver's uh, driver's console? So yes, you get in and it's like everything is is angled towards the driver as is the uh, uh, kind of the trend recently in the last geez maybe decade really mm-hmm. to kind of position everything so that's in control of the driver so they they feel like they've got access to everything. Mm-hmm. To the right and all the way down from the dash down to practically where you fasten your seatbelt, it looks like. There's a lineup of, looks like 20 buttons in a row, but they're all in a single file row all the way down. It looks a little difficult to navigate at first to to manage, but it has just a cool appearance. I like the way it looks. Yeah, it's neat. I think it's a good use of space, really, because they're going to have that beam there anyway. Yeah. Talking about that single strip. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah that was it. interesting to me. It as is. Well. I, I've just never seen anything like that in another vehicle. That you know, that it doesn't mirror exactly some of the other vehicles. I've seen a lot of controls over there, sure, mm-hmm. but they're always clustered together into clumps. You know, like this is the uh, the navigation. This is the window operation for you know all the windows in the car. Sure. Well, whatever. it's also to minimize the uh, distraction too, right? Sure. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Exactly. But I just wonder how hard it is to learn those positions. It's almost like learning a keyboard. You know? Yeah. Doesn't yeah. it seem like that? I mean, maybe some of them, or most of them, are meant to be, you know, viewed and then pushed instead of, you know, trying to access them at, you know, at speed. Mm-hmm. I would hope. Well, here's the here's the thing. Those buttons are all the climate controls, right? So it's the fan speed, airflow, defrosters, stuff like that. And, of course, it's a little classy now. It's 2020, guys. So the passenger and the driver have different... Uh, temperature controls, and then heated seats, sure. stuff like that. So it may be something people do at speed, but typically, you know, if you're doing a defroster or something, you put that on when you're starting your car. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't see a lot of people, Oh, hopefully, these are not words I have to eat later, but I don't see a lot of people, you know, doing 95 mm. and saying, uh, you know what, this seat is too cold. 
Hang oh. on, let me look away. I have to adjust my lumbar right now. My lumbar is killing me. <laughs> yeah, maybe people say that. I don't know, but um, but yeah, it is an interesting design, and it's not it's not something super familiar. There is while while we're going along this side, there is one thing that I have to say um, that you had pointed out off air, Kurt. That is probably one of the greater controversies about the 2020. What's that? It, it's automatic. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's okay. no manual option. Well, now, Kurt, that particularly bothered you. It didn't really bother me. I just thought it was interesting that oh. they wouldn't have, uh, they wouldn't include that option in a Corvette. <laughs> yeah. At, okay, least thought, if, at least from the get-go. I, I think eventually, maybe. Now, I saw you stand up and kick your chair across the room. <laughs> No, well, I think it was something different. That was yeah. something else. That was something else. Yeah. That was a gambling loss. So it's gambling. <laughs> All right. No, I, I thought I thought maybe it bothered you more than I guess it did. But, well, uh, but we had a little back and forth about that. Well, know, I just online. know that it it bothers a lot of other people. Yeah. Uh, I think that it makes the car a lot more accessible in a way. Yeah. The, yeah. Along with the price point and I the automatic. That, yeah, I think feature. that's right. I mean, I get. I guess they could have. They say that it was a. It's a structural issue like that center post there is essential to the rigidity of the car mm-hmm. so if they cut a hole in it and also the transmission i mean <laughs> the placement may may cause some issues with that as well sure oh, yeah. yeah yeah i yeah, guess yeah. Uh, you know everything but, in the car as we've heard with the you know the other vehicle kind of had to fight for a place on the vehicle you know everything had to be proven everything had to be within weight specs, be within, mm-hmm. you know, of course, the design specs so that they didn't have to change too much along the way. But, but you know, that automatic, by the way, that's a, that's a pretty amazing piece of machinery there itself. I mean, they say that the, the shifts are made within, uh, what is it, like one-tenth of a second, right? right? right. One-tenth of a second, which is still, uh, as they say, ultra-quick. It's ultra-quick shifting. It's an eight-speed automatic transmission, and it's the same one that they use in, again, all three models. Yeah, and uh, you can get the paddle shifter yeah. stuff as well. Yeah, so if you want, you know, the the supercar feel, I guess, you can shift with the paddle shifters. Mm-hmm. Uh, or just throw it in a drive and go. The Corvette did make an appearance at Daytona on January 7th. Did you guys see that? Mm-mm. It was just... Hmm. It's weird because it's... It's also on the track with Ferrari and Porsche. This is the roar before the 24. Hmm. And... Uh, uh. More or less, think of it like a, if you're not familiar with the race, think of it like a, a dry run or a rehearsal for the Daytona endurance race. No, the 24 hours of yeah, Daytona? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't, I did not see that. Man, things like this, things like this are just passing me by, Ben. We're going to talk about this in a future episode, I know. We're going to talk about, uh, you know, some motorsports events that are just kind of missed. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, yeah. like uh, there's so much scattering of, of I don't you don't even know where to I don't know how to better put this than you just don't know where to go sometimes to watch it all to take it all in to to realize what's happening mm-hmm. uh, unless that's something that's marked off in your calendar every year uh, you know there's a good chance that you know it's January 8th and you realize it happened on the 7th that's happens I mean, a lot nature of the game but also you know a lot of the, I think part of that is because a lot of times if somebody really loves a race or racing they love a particular genre or kind of racing oh, you know yeah. what i mean yeah they might say like uh yeah so and so is fine but i'm a nascar guy you know something like that but uh i've been keeping an eye on some of the corvettes um news that that uh, or some of the corvette appearances would be a better way to say it one of the things that i i don't know whether we've emphasized this enough kurt you mentioned it a little bit remember this doesn't just enter into the supercar category it it holds its own in there. Uh, the mm-hmm. the Ferrari 
For instance, the Ferrari 812, super fast, also hits 60 in 2.8 seconds. For several hundred thousand more. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Several hundred thousand yeah, we have more. To, I mean, we have to keep adding that. that uh, yeah, this is a bargain. In IMSA, for the past, I don't know how many years, the Corvette's been the best in its class. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the fastest. Yeah, there it is. It's comparable specifically to the 270 grand 640 horsepower Lamborghini Huracan. Okay, so this car, but this one is, it's 490 horsepower, right? At, at its base. Yeah, yeah, so if yeah. we're talking base vehicles, 490 horsepower, 470 pound feet of torque. But if you do go up to that Z51 package, here's again, you're not gaining a whole lot there. You're gaining mostly in brakes and cooling and and the the potential for the magnetic ride if you if you opt for that. But you're only gaining five horsepower and five pound-feet of torque if you go up to the Z51. So it's not really a tremendous increase, and that's why we see, again, just that very, very slight difference in overall speed, top speed and zero to 60 speed. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just an interesting way that they've gone about this, isn't it? I mean, you would think that... Now, I wonder if we're going to see soon, and I would hope we would, we'll see like the, you know, the Z06 package come out Mm -hmm. uh, or the ZR1 package, you know, which will top even that and, and just come out with some of these incredible, crazy ultra performance versions that, of course... The price is going to probably double, you know, if you if you do that. But it's going to have, you know, all the added bells and whistles, and it's going to look more like the Batmobile than the one, you know, that's already out there, if that's possible. And just be kind of a, a cooler version of something that's already cool. That's what I think, anyways. I, I think we're going to see it soon. I don't know if they've even said it or not. I, I think it's going to happen. I mean, yeah. there's going to be, of course, there's there's coupe and convertible versions of each one of these. And, and it, you know what, should we just, like, let's talk about pricing right now just so that we can get that out of the way. I think we've... Already talked about the base, of course, the one LT coupe, which is going to be fifty nine nine ninety five. If you want to get the one LT convertible, uh, that s- sends it up significantly. It's a uh, it's sixty seven four ninety five, so it's uh, just under sixty eight thousand dollars. And that does, however, I should say that the convertible is a folding hardtop, which is uh, that's pretty nice actually. It's kind of cool to watch it. It happen. looks really cool. It is, yeah, and it's just a, it's a really interesting thing. Yeah, I think you can operate that up to. 30, Thirty miles per hour. Yeah, which is, again, that's that's right right there alone. That's pretty interesting, really. I, the bummer with the convertible is that you can't see the engine through the rear window. Yes, that's, that's another good the, point. I I love being able to see the engine yeah, through the glass. Cool. Yeah, yeah, I like that too. And, yeah, yeah. Or and yeah, through the glass. So yeah. It's not a rear window. Actually. Well, you're right with the you're right though with the convertible. Uh, that panel covers up that that entire area. You don't get to see it. Yeah, since uh, the roof's laying on top of basically. The engine, there's a lot of mm-hmm. heat concerns and sure, yeah, things like that. So you don't yeah. get to see that. Well, okay, well, that's but it's still cool. Yeah, I guess so. I, I'm, ah, man, we were getting to another conversation, yeah. but, but yeah. I'm just not a convertible what? guy. I'm not much of a convertible guy. Yeah, I like well, even more anyway. so on this one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You can already take the uh, the top off mm-hmm. of the yeah, and you can stow it in the so, back, right? It's a hard top. It's yeah. a, like a um, I guess what do they call it? A targa top, maybe. Yeah, you can, it's removable. Yeah, yeah, it's like a single panel that you can put behind. You open the glass again and you store it back there somewhere. It's just the, your method of taking it off isn't as cool. You can't do it at thirty miles. An right. Hour. Exactly <laughs> right. Yeah, it's not as cool. Well, you could like, try, but it, yeah, I don't think it would be a good idea. <laughs> yeah, there's no. Put, well, yeah, you could just kind of let it go. You know. Also, anywhere I, you are, you you know. I love the idea of driving one of those vehicles and hitting that drop top, man. That would be so cool. Mm -hmm. Converting Mm -hmm. at like 20 miles an hour. But uh, to me, more moving parts equals more opportunities to break. So for that reason, I'm not the biggest convertible 
fit. Yeah, now, think, maybe I would yeah. convert to convertibles if I owned one, and I would think, this is the best thing ever. God knows I was blown away the first time I got a sunroof in a car. I yeah. was like, things are different now. Yeah, but there's a big hole in the roof with uh, with another seal to leak. Right. Yeah. And and so yep. that's also and that's a problem that often happens, right? Yeah. yeah the convertible so has six motors to bring uh, the roof back. Six, so six, six yeah. little things. So, so six of those little micro motors, six, well, probably more than that of those little micro sensors that, mm-hmm. you know, determine <laughs> the buttons that determine when to fire those motors. So even more parts to break. And uh, boy, you know, someday... Kurt, you and I should talk about the uh, the Cadillac XLR, and uh, and it's uh, the convertible top on that one, the hard top, and uh, yeah. oh, what a disaster that was! It's hard, <laughs> and not not so much a disaster; it's just really, really difficult for service. Really difficult. The uh, I think we're back at two uh, LT, which yes. is uh, the coupe sixty seven two ninety five. If you go to the two o two LT convertible. 74, 295. So we're getting up into the mid seventies already at this point. So if you get a convertible. Kind of mid-level, it's up to just under seventy-five thousand dollars already. The low-end co- or the uh, rather the high-end coupe, the three LT, you're looking at a base price of seventy-one four ninety-five, and uh, again the high-end convertible uh, around seventy-eight thousand four ninety-five. Now I believe you can even go up higher than that if you want. I mean there are other options you can add on, of course. Sure. Mostly appearance, as you had talked about before change the wheels, you can change, you know, the sound system, you can change the leather, you can opt for, uh, you know, the convenience and comfort package that has, you know, the heated steering wheel and all that. Um, but it, but really that just comes down to, you know, your opinion, your taste. It's just your, aesthetic. Yeah, well, it is, yeah, at that it's point. But some people, yeah, you know, they really want all that stuff. They like it. If you're going to pay that much money for a car, it might as well be, you know, instead of just a sports car, it might as well be a luxury sports car, right? True. And you could turn it from just a... True. a performance car into a luxury performance car, or you can go the other way with it, you know, start out with, you know, the, the performance car and get upgrades that, that are soon to come, I would guess, either from the factory or, you know, right now, early, early days, there are not going to be the aftermarket pieces that everybody is, you know, probably dreaming of right now. Mm-hmm. It doesn't happen that way. There's a little bit of a lag until yeah. they figure everything out, get to play with the parts a little bit, and then there comes the aftermarket, and then they refine the aftermarket, and it gets better right. and better, but it takes a while. So, mm-hmm. Early on, you're going to be stuck with whatever you buy. Not that you're stuck with it, but you're going to be um, in the position where you just buy that from Chevrolet, and and that's what you've got, just unless you mod it yourself. Which is another reason a lot of people buy used cars, my friends. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, but I do want to say, still, to emphasize, Chevy clearly knows that people are buying this idea of a Corvette, yes, but they're buying the engine. The, the engine is really the... It's almost cliche to say it, the heart of the sale here, the heart of the drive. Oh, sure. And I think it's pretty telling that no matter which build you buy, you get the same engine, as you said, Scott. Like, yeah. That's the only part that's non-negotiable. Well, I, you know what I like to do, and I've, I've tried to do this with this car, and I, I eventually I got to the point where I kind of, I wouldn't say I lost interest, but I just got distracted with other things. There were so many options that you could choose on this vehicle. So as uh, as Car and Driver put it in one article that I read, it's it's uh, kind of the way that they would spec the uh, the 2020 Corvette. They built one on their own, and I wanted to see kind of where my own version fell in there. And I never got to the, the, you know, the ultimate end of this whole thing, but I was somewhere up near where they got to. And they said, you know, it, it's fantastic value. It's a great vehicle for fifty nine nine eighty five. But as they put it here in this article, said, let's be, they said, let's be real here. No one is buying the base price Corvette. No one's going to buy that one. But I, like you said, you're probably more optimistic though, right? Well, um, I think people, 
All right, so there's some psychology here. Yeah. I think people will go into a dealership or go onto the website to spec out builds and stuff yeah. with the full and honest intention of only paying the base price plus, you know, tax tag and all that, all uh-huh. that jazz. Uh-huh. Will they get to the end of the deal by and ha- still have stuck to that price? I don't know, man. I don't know. You know how it is when the fever well, hits. Well, I'll tell you, that in this, <laughs> by the time you get to the end of this article... Uh, the the same one that you know they started out with the base price fifty nine ninety five okay. and by the time they got to the end the price of their vehicle was seventy eight six seventy five so just under eighty thousand dollars now that's upgrades and I'll tell you just yeah quickly, just what did they get quickly what and, did they and get they, I'm curious they got kind of a uh, I think it's a white color or it looks like maybe a, I think they call it like mica silver or something it's like a real light gray color was that one um, of the four premium colors it, it, it no no it's not one okay. of the premium colors okay. just just one of the colors All but right, they, they okay. chose a pretty simple looking color and they decided they were going to go for performance versus appearance in this whole thing so Great. their Smart. their idea was just make it fast make it cool make it, you know something we can live with but you know, we're not going over the top with you know. I don't. I don't need every heated option. You know, the steering wheel, the you know, every, every other thing. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, the, I don't know the vibrating pedals so that your feet uh, are you know relaxed on the tree. No, I'm just kidding. They don't have that. <laughs> but uh, but they did upgrade uh, from the two LT to the three LT, and that's of course an expensive option there. I think it's like all in. It's like seventy three hundred dollars because of you know other desirable convenience features they added in. Sure. But um, so they went to the for the Z fifty one package performance package, which is five thousand dollars. They added the uh, suspension with magnetic selective ride control, which I think a lot of people will. Yeah. That's another $1,895. The GT2 bucket seats. Now, they did go up from the first, so they they did change the seats. Okay. I think that was at the recommendation of someone who said, I have experience in these seats, and and you probably will want these if you're going to take it to the track, if you're going to really want to be held in place while you're you know, uh, potentially racing this. So they got the competition seats, competition uh, I, sports seats? Yes, that's right. GT2 bucket seats. It's fourteen. It's a fourteen ninety five upsell, so almost $1,500 for the better seats. Uh-huh. Not okay. like the car didn't come with seats. They just got the okay. better seats Sorry. for $1,500. I, that's, that's what I wanted to check. So there are three different seats they can get. The the top one is the competition sports seat, and the, the main difference is that has more robust bolsters for track driving. Mm-hmm. It sounds like they went up just to the mid-grade seat, which has carbon fiber trim. Oh, come uh, on. Did they really? That's okay, the second I, s- I got to more carefully read this article okay. then, because I thought, I really thought that they were just going simply for, for track performance, because that would mean that they would go to the GT three seats, or the third level, right. the competition seats. Oh, anyways, okay, okay, so it's an expensive upgrade anyways, $1,500. Yes. They went with the, oh, they did upgrade the wheels, because I think the wheels are, a lot of people are complaining about the wheels in this car. I, I like them. You know, one thing that's interesting is there's a package you can get that includes summer-only performance wheels. Oh, yeah, okay, a lot of sports cars do that. Yeah. But, or you could do the three-season tires as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, it's, so it's a tire package, essentially, the rubber that you buy mm-hmm. on the wheels. And if you do that, you got to be pretty confident if you're going for just the summer wheels, right? I mean, just the dry weather summer wheels, or summer tires. I keep saying wheels, but I mean Yeah, tires. summer tires. Yeah, so you, you got to be pretty confident, I think, that you're not going to be driving this in any inclement weather. You're not going to be driving it in, I mean, any snow at all, of course. Right. I mean, most people can, you know, determine if that's true or not. I'm pretty sure most people know when it's snowing. But but still, there. I mean, even so, the three-season tires don't really cover that either. True. Yeah, so true. Uh, 
I don't know. This is all. This all gets very tricky. But the wheel upgrade, you know, yeah. the, the actual metal part, the wheel upgrade. Okay. They went with the five Trident spoke wheels, which look really cool. I yeah. think they really are cool. That's an uh, that's an additional fifteen hundred dollars. So that's not necessarily the cost of the wheels. It's just the upgrade cost of the wheels. Okay. They did. Okay. You know, here it is. Here's the answer right here. Ceramic matrix gray metallic paint. Zero dollars. So that was a free one. That's a, that's one that you know is just an option. There we go. Yeah, not bad. That's nice. a, that's that's the right price. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and you know what? You can also oh, just so you know, in the seats you can also opt for something they call the uh, the adrenaline red seating surfaces and inserts, which you can have in the, into whatever seats you get, and that's also zero dollars. So another another you know not bad upgrade, I guess, if you want to spend no money on something like that. Not bad. I mean, and to opt for something like that, I know it's cosmetic. But it does look pretty cool in this vehicle when you look at it, because you can do a 360 view of this car and to see the you know the red seats behind the glass, it looks pretty nice. Yeah, I agree. But again, but you know, just these simple things that we talked about here. You know, the uh, I guess the biggest one is of course going up to the Z51 performance package and then the uh, the selective ride control, the magnetic ride control. Those are the big ones. Uh, but but getting up to about eighty thousand dollars isn't quite as hard as everybody thinks. And and yes. this again was one where they were holding back on some of the options. They didn't go for everything. And as I went through, you know, this build process where, you know, I wanted to like kind of see what mine would cost, kind of like they did, the price did start to rapidly climb at some point. And I realized, oh man, you know, I've got to back this down. I can't, maybe I don't need, you know, the, uh, the, the calipers painted red, you know, or maybe I don't need, you know, cause that's like, you know, another $500. And, and right. then you think like, well, it's just paint on top of the calipers, the calipers that were already there. It's not like they're better. They're just red and it's $500. Do I really need that? Probably not, but yeah. uh, but when you look at it in the photo, like, <laughs> yeah, I need that. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus, check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head & Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. We break open modern day conspiracies and tell you which elements may be the real deal. Like, did Bill Gates use COVID vaccines to microchip us all? We all do have tracking devices. Mm -hmm. We carry them around. We spend a lot of money on them. And what's actually on Hunter Biden's laptop? You are talking to the guy that has three of Hunter Biden's laptops and cell phone. And what did the deep state build under Denver airport? Do you think there are secret bunkers? That's just on my list of questions I have about Jesse Ventura. It's our mission to get to the heart of these conspiracy theories and figure out the why, the how, and especially the if. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Laura Vanderkam. I'm a mother of five, an author, journalist, and speaker. And I'm Sarah Hart Unger, a mother of three, practicing physician, writer, and course creator. We are two working parents who love our careers and our families. On the Best of Both Worlds podcast each week, we share stories of how real women manage work, family, and time for fun. We talk all things planning, time management, organization, and more. 
We share what's worked for us and our listeners as we're building our careers and raising our families. We're here to cheer you on as you figure out how to make your days even more amazing. From figuring out childcare to mapping out long-term career goals, we want you to get the most out of life. Listen to Best of Both Worlds every Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can design the most beautiful looking car, but I mean, they also have like, you know, stripe packages that have, mm-hmm. you know, fender fender stripes and, you know, stripes to go over the full car. And they all look, you know, some of them look really good together, the packages and the combinations you can do, and you can play around with that. It's very tempting to do stuff like that. But then again, every time you click that button, it's another $500 or $1,000. Also, I want to point out, hey, uh, we're talking about the C8. Uh, you guys anticipate a price drop in the C7s? <laughs> Only well, not at the dealer lot. No, I no, don't. No, no. <laughs> the used market for the C7. Yeah. I mean, hey, hey, why not? Be kind of a, yeah. Why, why not? There might be one that's been hanging out there for a couple of years or something. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a color, yeah. you know, combination that someone doesn't want or something, and uh, you might be able to luck into a pretty good deal. You never know. How okay? Uh, to your point, unrelated. Uh, well, semi-related. Uh, this is something I was running into. I, I thought, how good does a deal have to be on any car? For you to agree to, you know, like you're buying a used car, uh, the mileage checks out, the the systems check out, and the price is actually great. Mm-hmm. But one thing, the car is just some terrible color or design, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, let's say for some reason you wa- wandered into this deal where you got like a, a, a 2015 kick-ass sports car, but... Part of the reason the price was so great is that it had, you know, this huge airbrushed bright green Mickey Mouse on it or something. <laughs> like, Yeah, I, I get you. Would it uh, be something where you would buy it if you were saving so much money that you could afford to get a new paint job on it? I think absolutely. Myself? Well, yeah, sure. But but it would have to be done because I've bought so many cars. <laughs> you know, I bought so many cars where I think I'm going to buy this version of this. and But, I you know, I'm going to I'm going to make this my own. I'm going to I'm going to buy the wheels I want. I'm going to get you yeah. know, I'm going to I'm going to do the engine upgrades that I want. I, you know, I'm going to I'm going to do this to this vehicle and then everything else gets in the way. And it, you know, some of that stuff doesn't happen, maybe all of that stuff doesn't happen <laughs> along the way or something else happens that, you know, prevents me from doing that. And then I never quite get the vehicle that I really wanted to have. And I think a lot of people fall into that trap is that, you know, I'm going to buy this car. You sure I'll buy that one and it's purple. But, you know, I'm going to make it, uh, maybe you love purple, I don't know, but but I, I want to make it, you know, uh, red. And, I, you know, I, no big deal. You take it to the paint shop and you have it painted. It might cost you a couple thousand dollars to get a, a really nice paint job on that vehicle. And you fully intend to do that the day you pick it up, but you just never get around to it. Yeah. And it happens. It, it yeah. does happen. Or someone, or someone dents the car in the parking lot, and then you have to get the dent fixed before you can get the paint done. And it just kind of, mm. it, it snowballs like that. Yeah, and there's trouble. So, yeah, it'd have to be... A pretty darn good deal, especially. And th- think about the shows where we talked about in the past, where you know, the, <laughs> car sales and and how strange that whole world is, and that you know you can sometimes, sometimes in these off the beaten path dealer lots, find a brand new vehicle that is several model years old that's just been sitting. Oh there, yeah, that's yeah. just been sitting there. You might be able to in twenty twenty, you might be able to go back and pick up a twenty seventeen, twenty sixteen model that's been hanging out in the back of the parking lot for a while, and it's in rough shape, you know, 
dry people rotten. are just trying to get rid of it because they've been losing money on it yeah. for years. Yeah, and they, and to be honest, they've probably forgotten about it. But if you find it, you know, maybe that's the deal that you go for because it has zero miles. But you know, that also comes with some inherent problems. There's, mm-hmm. there's, there's a lot to weigh into consideration here. You know, man, I'm sorry, I just went off on that topic. No, you got I hope it. it was you got all right. It. But, but this information. I, I want to say this because I know people are going to say, well, why aren't you talking about the most important part of this car? Uh, the the most important update to this vehicle, really. And that's the mid-engine. This is partly by design that we've done this, but partly because I think this could be another full topic for us. It, it, I think it has been in the past. We've already discussed it, but now that we've got some new vehicles out there that are employing this, uh-huh. I'd love to do another mid-engine episode completely. Let's like, do it. just about that. Let's do it because the technological innovations, just the engineering uh, breakthroughs that have happened yeah. with mid-engines have uh, have change the landscape such that I think it's worthy of an update. I absolutely agree. And there's a, just a, can I just mention a couple of things about the mid-engine configuration while we're talking about it? I mean, it's, of course, it's, uh, you know, groundbreaking for the Corvette to do it. I mean, they had hinted at doing this back uh, in 1969, I think is the first time we really saw them testing a version of this, you know, um, early, early days. We're talking, you know, photos with Bill Mitchell and, and, and uh, Duntoff behind the wheel and, you know, the transversely mounted V8, just cool old photos with, you know, body work on it or anything, but really, really interesting photos. So I started digging into the different layouts of vehicles and I came across something that I thought, and Again, understand that we're going to talk about the mid-engine layout later in a full show, but sure. I wanted to share this with you, Ben, uh, especially since we're talking about your Monte Carlo today. Did you know that your car, your Chevy Monte Carlo, the first generation, which is the one that's from, well, I guess, you know, from 1970 to 2007, but the first generation of that vehicle was a, a considered a front mid-engine rear-wheel drive vehicle. And this is a category of cars that I don't know why, but I just... I have neglected to really think about those vehicles as mid-engine up until this point. And, and all it has to do with, with is that the engine is, of course, placed in front of the front, or, I'm sorry, behind the the front, the front axle, axle in front of the driver still. Yeah. So these are really easy to spot. And I, I <laughs> again, I, I'm kind of baffled as to why I haven't really thought a whole lot about this in the past. Because when we talk about mid-engine, we typically think behind the right driver. Right behind the driver, yeah. yeah. We, we, that's what we typically think of, mid-engine. But mid-engine can also be in the front of the vehicle, in front of the driver. But it, it, these are the cars that have kind of that long, elongated front end, that, that long nose. So you're seeing that in cars like, you know, the old Opel GT. Or you're seeing mm-hmm. it in new cars like the Kia Stinger. You can see that on the road. Of course, Dodge Viper is a good one. Corvette, you know, the previous... Oh, uh, not every version, but C... Two through C7, I think Corvettes are front mid-engine vehicles technically, if you want to go that with it, that route. But um, that's again this like textbook definition of what it is. We still call it a front-engine vehicle, but its placement behind the axle makes it a front mid-engine vehicle. And you know the S2000 is another one. There's the XS, uh, the Lexus LFA. If you just look for vehicles on the road that have that stretched-out front end, you know where the driver, passenger, and even sometimes a rear seat are set way to the back of the vehicle. You know, you can you can see how long and low that front end is. Yeah. Those are the vehicles that have that front mid-engine design. And, and again, it's just a kind of a category that I don't really think a whole lot about. It's one of those things you can't unsee pretty yeah. often because you can tell by the shape of the vehicle. Yeah. And some Corvette enthusiasts have reacted adversely to the mid-engine of the 2020. They've said, you know, I like the C5 through 7 way better. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see, you can see some reviews where people say that yeah, it has a stubby nose, 
and that it's the opposite of the long nose with the shorter back deck kind of sports cars. Sure. That Corvette had for you know the past six decades. Yeah, yeah. well, you know, I I just I, I love the look and the style of this new vehicle. I, I can't wait to get to a dealership and sit in one. You know, and just kind of kind yeah. of go over one closely, real closely, and and check out everything about it. You know, I just kind of marvel over what they've done with it. Because, you know, they're going to have a, a great example, I'm sure, in a lot of showrooms, you know, just even if it's that one car that they've got on the, you know, the main floor there to draw people in, uh, they're going to have one. Everybody's going to order at least one to get people excited about it. So, you know, even if you're in a small town somewhere, you can, I'm sure you can find a Chevy dealer nearby that's going to have one there available to do something like what I'm going to do. And let's go and, uh, you know, leave a few nose prints on the glass. You know what a lot <laughs> of people are doing now and have been for a while it's an industry that I personally don't know a ton about. There are a lot of people who are buying exotic cars or high-performance vehicles entirely to rent them out. Ooh. And you can actually make money doing this in, you know, in a, in a city with a dense enough population, mm -hmm. like Atlanta. I sense a new show coming on here. Yeah, well, it's at least a pitch. So yeah. what are you guys... So, <laughs> oh, that's a great idea. Well, they do it through, um, they do it through different... I think there's a like a, a third party service where you can say, okay, I want a performance car, a high end luxury vehicle of some sort. And I only learned that people were doing this because I talked to a guy who really, really did. By God, he did it. That that crazy son of a gun. He put down his order for one of those cyber trucks. One of the Tesla cyber no trucks. No kidding. Yeah, that's the face I made, dude. Wow. I was like, are you? serious which one are you gonna get you know we talked about it and then partway through he he corrected he said oh you know i'm not gonna it's not my daily driver no no i'm gonna put it up on this thing and i'm gonna get the camping package and then people are going to pay to rent it to go camping and i thought well, that's a what a cool idea. Yeah, that's so, a lot of confidence, uh, though. It is. And, man, can you imagine what your insurance, uh, you know, premiums are going to be for something like that or, like, a, offering a service like this? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, you yeah. know, I know people do it with boats a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah, so you, could, so you could own a fleet of boats or a fleet or just of one, supercars you know? or just one. Yeah. 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 And, and rent it out. It's an oh, interesting uh, idea. I mean, it's definitely a way to support your growing Corvette habit. You know, <laughs> yeah, I feel like um, you know we're we're nearing the end here. There's there's just there's a lot to talk about with this new Corvette. A lot of it is just really kind of gut feeling stuff, opinions, and you know, because right now we haven't really got any kind of concrete vehicle to look at or, or get hands on with right now. We're not one of those uh, automotive magazines that you know they hand the keys over to and allow them to drive around for a week. That would be great if they did, wouldn't it? But uh, but we're not those guys yet. So, so we've only been doing this like 11 years. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. So, gotta, yeah another, another 11, 15 more years, whatever, and maybe we'll be those we'll guys. Get there. One, one thing, though, I do have to add, uh, the rumors about a possible hybrid plug-in or electric model continue to this day, and people are getting a little, a little antsy about it on January 8th, so literally yesterday as we record this, there was a little bit of excitement because a Stingray was spied testing with a cable hanging out in the hood. So people freaked out and they thought, oh, they're secretly testing the electric one. <laughs> but uh, Chevy reached back out and said it was a very early test mule for the 2020 and that the orange cable they saw sticking out of the front hood 
was actually uh, a way to ease access to the 12 volt battery. Oh, okay. So it's like, it's a no, jumper. yeah, it's not super, <laughs> we're not super advanced and being top secret about it. Yeah. This, this, is, this like, is how we jump the car. This is an extension cable from Home Depot. Right, yeah. exactly. <laughs> you know, I was going to guess, okay, this is Detroit, right? That, that Likely that we're seeing this uh, this car right, right. and driving around because that's where they test all these things and they get to see all this stuff, right? Early, way, way earlier than us. But it's probably camouflaged and I was thinking, all right, that's somebody who just got in and accidentally shut, you know, their, their phone charger cord in the door or something. Yeah. And everybody's like, oh, that's the electric version. But that with an orange cord sticking out of the hood, that would be something that would draw attention, I would guess. Interesting, though. I wonder, you know, it'd be kind of funny if it was like, well, man, this is Detroit in January. That's a, that's a block heater. You know, like, <laughs> like they use on the, on the big diesel yeah, engines. Yeah, like, yeah. like they can't park it inside at GM, right? Yeah. Yeah, they're straight out of yeah. garage space. Yeah, they don't have any space at all. So, yeah, it. I think the reason these rumors are gaining so much power and so many people have so have their eyes on it is because after the car was debuted back in July 2019 uh someone on the Corvette team said hey we might electri- we might try to electrify uh to, to have some sort of electrification of this vehicle at some point yeah but that's all they said they and that's right where I would have slapped them <laughs> said, yeah. knock it off get out of this room <laughs> No, I wouldn't have done that, but, uh, but, oh man, this is, uh, is a quick question. This is a different uh, episode, yeah, I think. Yeah, it really is. I just but, feel uh, like, I just feel like the power is not there yet. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. Well, look at the LaFerrari. That's, everybody points yeah, to those yeah. cars. The Mac, wasn't there a McLaren? There's McLaren M1 or something. Those have it. That That's I, true, I but. just. I, I'm just I'm, saying for that price point. Uh, yeah. Uh, electrifying a car and keeping that performance wouldn't mandate a higher price. Look, I can't help it. It's just, it's just like the uh, um, instinctual response in me to, to like kind of screw my face up and go, oh, no, what are they doing? Because I had the same thought when they talk about, um, you know, electrifying uh, the Mustang or, oh, you know, yeah. any other performance yeah, yeah. car that, that I've known from the past that, you know, like, oh, what are they, they going to do? Because every time, I'll put it real simply, just anything with batteries in it has always let me down. Every time. And I don't anticipate this to be any different with, with cars, right? That's great. Every, yeah. Everything has let me down. I mean, your phone, radio control toys. Sure, remote controls. Early electric cars. Uh-huh. Remote controls in your, you know, for your television, you're right. Watches. The battery in this stupid laptop that I'm looking at right now has let me down while we're recording, as a matter of fact. But every time anything relies on battery power, mm-hmm. it has always let me down through my whole life and I feel like maybe that's something that you know I, I that there's just something that uh, that prevents me from fully trusting that as, sure. as you know uh, viable technology I know that there's a lot of uh, you know research and and of course billions of dollars spent to uh, to prove me otherwise yeah. you know that, that that it's it's working but um, I, I just get that that gut reaction and and to say that you're going to you create a, a hybrid electric um, Corvette. Yeah. Eh, I don't know. I just, I'm having a hard time with that. I'll, I'll, I'll ease into it. Maybe. We'll see. Yeah. I'll have to. I, I mean, again, this is another full show we can talk about, you know, if, if performance and, and hybrid, uh, hybrid electrics, if you want to, we can, but for sure, we're going to have another show about, uh, mid engine design cars, because as you said, Ben, we do need to do an update on it. There's a lot more, uh, out there available now. We mm-hmm. had, not that we had a limited supply to talk about before, but now there are even more that we can discuss. Uh, with that, you heard it here first, GM. 
if you do decide to lend some Corvettes to Scott, <laughs> Kurt, and myself, make sure you don't give Scott an electric one. <laughs> Because it doesn't sound like he's going to have it. Uh, this uh, I don't, I don't want to sound like I'm begging, but man, I would love to drive one of those Corvettes. I've been, I've been on this campaign. I've, I've, I've. Uh, this is the honest truth. Since uh, last summer, I've been asking my wife if I can make a large, you know, a significant withdrawal from our savings in order to buy one of these cars. I would buy one of these cars brand new. This is one I would. What so you would buy am, a brand new car? I am jacked about this car. I think this car is, it is it's amazing. I really, I really am excited about the what new the Corvette. What the heck, man? Why didn't no, no, you say I, that at the beginning I, of no, the show? I'm, I'm excited. He's bringing it full circle. No, yeah. I really am. I'm, I'm yeah, excited yeah. about the 2020 Corvette, and, you know, maybe that will fade a little bit here in the near future, but, yeah. but man, I just, it, it's such a cool vehicle. It really yeah. is. Also, even though I know it's not the same thing, think about how much the price on a on a C7 is going to drop by 2021. Oh, yeah. And I love it, those, too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I uh, think that's a fantastic design. And, uh, you know, okay. Let, <laughs> we can we keep adding more things. Yeah, but, yeah, we, yeah. But I would I would kind of like to know this from, uh, from you and from our listeners. Uh, maybe this is the final question. I don't know. But um, what's your gut feeling on this, too? Every time they release a new Corvette, I feel like that it immediately dates the previous version of Corvette, you know, like the, the you know, when they released the C7, the C6 looked pretty old to me. Oh yeah, and and all the way going all the way back. And there are other models that you know, I don't know, they still look like they're they're not great. Uh, some that I would would still cherish if I were to get one, of course. But mm-hmm. um, there's a few years in there that I just don't really like personally. Uh, but what do you think about the C7 Corvette now that you've seen the C8? Like, would you go back and buy? A C7, knowing that you could get a C8 with the you know dramatically different appearance, and it does look like it's the old Corvette now, right? Even though it's still a fantastic car, it looks beautiful, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't know. I just uh, looking at it, I was thinking, how quickly does this date everything else before it? And it wasn't around that long. C7 was around for a very short amount of time, just a few years. I don't think I would feel it may be dated, but I I don't think I would feel bad about it Mm -hmm. because. It's already um, it's already such a great vehicle for what what it does that I I, I don't. You think it holds up? I think it holds up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I will say that. I think it holds up. Now, also consider that you know if you take care of those cars in in a few years time, depending on how hard you ride them, uh, you'll end up with legitimately a classic car. That's the thing that kills me. You know, like with. Uh, Last time I mentioned the Monte Carlo on air for a while, man, I was in those conversations with myself where I thought, you know, I just got to keep it running, keep it going until, uh, until I can get, till I can get the, uh, the old school license plate. That means I don't have to do emissions anymore. And I was like, then I'm golden. Yeah. Then you realize it's still several years away. It's still a while yeah. away. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I'm, 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 uh, yeah, I, I well, wouldn't get rid of a C7 just because a C8 is out. Yeah, but no, I wouldn't say you get rid of it. I just mean when you see it on the road now, are you going to think, well, that's the old Corvette? I'll, I'm waiting to see the new one. I'm you still know? so impressed, though. Yeah, you know what I, I mean. I am too. The C7 is still a beautiful car to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I can't believe you're going to buy a C8. Let's not spread a rumor here, but I'm, but I, I, oh man, if I if I just had that that extra cash laying around, you know, yeah. if I if I did, I think that at this moment that would be the one that I would get. Should our pal and fearless leader, Scott Benjamin, purchase a 2020 
Corvette C8. Uh, let yeah. us know. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Twitter. Uh, you can find every single episode of Car Stuff that we have ever done uh, on our website or on the podcast platform of choice. Uh, I was actually thinking, you guys, you know, Apple Podcasts now doesn't have all of our episodes because I think we're over 300. Yeah, so where are they going to go? Yeah, I mean, wherever wherever you want to go. Oh, okay. So yeah, you have to search the archive somewhere else, just not on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I that's so. fair enough. Yeah, radio so. still has them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's right. So if you go to Apple Apple Podcasts, just be warned that you're getting like a third of the catalog. Uh, catalog rather. Um, but if you go somewhere mm-hmm. else, you'll be able to access all the way back to, what, 2008, I think it is, maybe late 2008. Uh, so we've got, a, we've got a significant store of episodes there that probably have something that you're interested in. You know, if you do a search, word search, you're likely to find something that you, you know, would find fascinating for a road trip or just a cruising around town or whatever. Thanks for listening, everyone. Car Stuff is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials, and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest Toothpaste, Secret deodorant, Old Spice deodorant, or Gillette razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com backslash live. Hi, I'm Laura Vanderkam. I'm a mother of five, an author, journalist, and speaker. And I'm Sarah Hart Unger, a mother of three, practicing physician, writer, and course creator. We are two working parents who love our careers and our families. On the Best of Both Worlds podcast each week, we share stories of how real women manage work, family, and time for fun. From figuring out childcare to mapping out long-term career goals, we want you to get the most out of life. Listen to Best of Both Worlds every Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.